Well, today we are starting a brand new teaching series, and it is called Hindsight 2020. And you've heard that old statement about how hindsight is always 2020. And today I want to talk about how hindsight is going on in our lives, or at least it very much should be. I want to talk about getting better, not just getting through. And if you've watched the thing, this has just blown me away. Our world has changed so much. Things are so different. And I, I can't hardly believe it's been about nine weeks. Wednesday will be the 10th week since we had the Houston Livestock Rodeo uh, show canceled on that Wednesday, March 10th or 11th, I believe it was. And so we're just right around the corner from 10 full weeks. We've been living in our new normal for 10 weeks. It's been an incredible ride and journey, some bumps along the way, and just a strange world. One of the things that you might or might not have seen around on uh, social media is they are actually doing what they call like a hashtag, which means you can kind of see what everybody is doing to be doing the same conversation all around the world. This one is called the last normal photo. And what they've asked people to do is go into their phone, scroll through and find the last normal photo that they, they took with their own phone. And so this is a pretty interesting thing. I've got a couple of copies of some of the things that are out there on the web. This is the last normal photo on my phone from before lockdown, a group swim on 9th of March. So you can check that out. And as you see that, there's something about it. You go, oh, they can't do that, right? Like you never would have thought that on March 9th, but March 11th, you're starting to go, oh, they can't have all those people together. Let's check out this next last normal photo. Oh my goodness. This is something that probably for some of you germaphobes, you're just like, you're in full panic mode. You're going over and grabbing the, you know, the hand sanitizer, getting it all, you know, doing it all because that's making you panic right now. That's the last normal photo. I think that's a racetrack, uh, a horse racetrack. You know, your pastor doesn't ever go to the horse racetracks, so I don't know for sure, but I think that might be what it is. All right, check this out. Oh, look at this. Look at the kids, man. All the kids don't know how to stay away from anyone and uh, don't know how to keep their fingers out of their mouths or anything like that, right? So there you go, kids hanging out of bus windows and you think about that's the last normal photo somebody took. Let's check out this next one here. Um, ooh, last normal photo. I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't know if it's positive or negative that we haven't had much traffic around Houston. You've probably gotten places to Houston, you know, getting through Houston that you never thought you'd be able to get there in the small amount of time that you're getting now. This is actually, I believe, 610 and a closure at 290. Oh man, you think it's bad living in Sugarland, Richmond area. Man, pray for those folks on 290. They've got problems. All right. So I think that might be all. Let's check to this next photo here. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. So first of all, I just want to say... I'm sorry to all of you that you don't have a, as cool a mask as I do. I'm sorry. Uh, this is my girl, Janet Hilton, uh, who made this mask for me. It's the Astros mask, so I'll be wearing that when I'm done. I know you don't want me to preach through this Astros mask, but uh, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, as you can see, she dropped it off. She's one of my neighbors, and she dropped it off. And this came in the mail. Now, follow me on this if you could. Maybe I'm overreacting and kind of going down that road here, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Maybe you can help me as to what I should think. 
If you look at this, this is a package that I got from Amazon this week. Now, that's a good thing, right? We, we know that probably we'd have all gone stir crazy and gone without some crazy important things in our lives had it not been for Amazon. So praise God for Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Keep giving that money away, money away Jeff. That's a good thing. But I personally, maybe I'm overreacting. I feel like this was a death threat. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I feel like this is a death threat because they, you know that they've got germs on those um, Amazon packages. And one of my you know, housemates took my mask and literally made sure that my mask that was going to go right over my mouth was right on top of that packaging where all of the germs existed. Am I wrong to think that's a death threat? I, I don't know. I feel a little violated and hurt and I'm worried. And the difficulty that I have here is I'm wondering most, it could be Shelly, it could be Tori, and it could be Tatum. And so I don't know who to trust in my own home. I'm quarantined with three women and I don't know who to trust. My money is on Shelly. She's lived with me the longest. She's endured the most. Uh, I've disappointed her more than the others. I get it. Uh, so it's probably on Shelly. And if I am not here next week in front of this camera, you know what happened. Don't let her get away with it. All right, so very good. Now, I asked Shelly if it was okay if I did this. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, she told me, this is the same woman who won't even let me pick up groceries because I have a little bit of a, uh, an immune system thing that I've got to deal with and kind of go through. So she's the same one who wipes down everything, including the fruit with, uh, you know, those uh, Clorox wipes, which is kind of weird too. All right. Well, I tell you what, we've got one more video that I want to show you guys in just a moment. But first, let's check this out. You are probably getting your footing with exactly how you feel about things as they start reopening. And it was captured perfectly in this one picture. This one picture captured all three phases of what we're probably dealing with. Some of you are like one, some of you are like the other, and some of you are like the third. So let's check it out. This is one picture. Check it out. The one in the middle is hardcore. She's no germs are making it through. The chick on the right, she is struggling to know exactly where she finds herself. She's kind of in, but kind of not on the mask. And then the girl on the left, uh, at least it's my left, she's all out. You know, she's not wearing a mask at all. She's just not having any of it. And this is perfect. So in the comments right now, I wonder if you will tell me, or let's go to this next slide. Are you girl one, two, or three? And you guys, if you're on the comments, it's okay. You're manly enough. Go ahead and say, are you like girl one, like girl two, like girl three? I didn't say, do you like girl one, two, or three? I'm not asking who you think is the prettiest one. I'm asking, are you all the way out? Are you all the way in or are you somewhere in between? Because I think all of us kind of find ourselves here. And that brings me to a perfect way to kind of just segue into this. I know that we have a handful of folks that are here. Most of them are a part of getting the worship uh, together and sent out to you so that you can enjoy and be a part of it. But over the next couple of weeks, some of you are going to come in and be a part of the worship services here live. And when we do... We're saving up all of our handshakes and all of our hugs to when we can actually share them without worrying and without being afraid. We'll have someone here to hold the doors open for you. All of our worship center doors are open. So all you got to do is walk in with somebody holding the door open for you, 
Come in, have a seat, and participate, and then you can kind of get up and go. We've got all of the rooms closed off, no cafe, uh, no gym, no anything like that, and you can come. Uh, if you do need to go to the restroom, those are available, but otherwise, we're basically just in the foyer here in the worship center or in the restrooms, and then if you want to visit, you can do that here in the parking lot. So if you'd like to be a part of that, I heard somebody that is already here today say, man, we just got to get out of that house, man, uh, ready to get a new set of four walls if you want to be here next week, but there is no pressure. Don't feel pressure to come if you are uh, feeling comfortable at home. Continue to stay there, stay safe, and we'll go forward. And let's just be reminded that there are people that are doing some great work out there. Let's check out this video as we kind of go forward. On the front lines of this sudden crisis, those who never considered themselves heroes gather their courage daily and walk into the unknown. We pray for you. God is your refuge and your strength, your ever-present help in times of trouble. The grocery store and restaurant workers, the first responders and nursing home staff, the truck drivers and mail carriers, all of you working beyond the call of duty to help your fellow citizen, to help your family. The Lord your God goes with you. The doctors and nurses who cling to the roads stepping through the doors of sorrow and grief with such grace and mercy. The Lord your God upholds you with his righteous right hand. The clinicians and lab techs, the janitors and caretakers, all those who wear masks from sunrise to sunset, who have answered the call to help, to care for, to protect, to fight for and to love us through this worldwide crisis. Do not fear, the Lord is with you. Do not be dismayed, he is your God. He is with you until the end of the age, amen. Amen, amen. If you would like to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16, we're gonna be reading from John chapter 16. And I'm going to be reading kind of sections as we go through. Uh, it's a little different than we normally do it, but I'll be reading a section and then probably highlighting a verse or two. And so if you'd like to kind of go there to John chapter 16 and get that ready to go, you can find that and we will be there in just a second. As we begin talking about hindsight 2020, today is part one. I think as we watch the news, as we watch the television shows, as we see these new commercials that have been literally built and designed just for the things that we're going through in the coronavirus age that we're living in, it's amazing how much the same theme keeps coming through to me, and you've probably heard it yourself. We're going to get through this. 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 And some of them even go a little further and say, we're going to get through this together. And I'm going to tell you, I, I really believe with all of my heart, we are. We are going to get through this. There's no doubt. But I believe that we as Christians are not called to just simply survive in our world. I think we are called to thrive in our world. I think we are supposed to show a different kind of attitude and approach to our world because of the one who lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit that enables and empowers us and the, the, the resurrection power of Jesus that resides on our lives. And so I'm here today to talk about 
we need to be paying a little closer attention to getting better, not just simply getting through the things that we're going through. We can get better in the midst of this right now and right here, not just simply get through it. And so I want to talk about how hindsight is always 2020, and of course, we're living in the year of 2020, but let me just remind you that you can have hindsight right now if you work at it a little bit. The concept of hindsight is really just insight that happens later, but there are things to be learned even in the midst of what we're going through. And we're going to talk a little bit about how Jesus faced something that was even more powerful and dangerous than what we're facing and how he did it. And look at some of the things that he uh, kind of showed us the ropes on so that we can get this hindsight even in the midst of what we're going through. Here's your something to learn. Jesus spoke to his 11 disciples just before his crucifixion. His main concern was for them, even though he himself faced a trial like nothing we ourselves can imagine. And yes, I did say 11 disciples, not 12, because Judas had already left at this time. This particular section of scripture from the end of, well, from John 13 up until the beginning of John chapter 18 is called the Upper Room Discourse. And it is a long section of Jesus just speaking his heart to his disciples, knowing that this is the last time before his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection is all going to take them in a place and in a direction that they have no idea where they're going. So this Verse of scripture from John chapter 16. I'm going to read that in just a moment. Hopefully you've got that on your, your Bible or on your Bible app or whatever it might be. But as we look at this, it is incredible to see what Jesus is saying to them. I'm, I'm going to begin here in verse one. It says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, there's a time coming when anyone who kills you will think that they're offering a service to God. They're going to do such things because they have not known the Father or me. And I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. And I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to the Father who sent me. And yet none of you asks, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with, um, with grief because I have said these things. Um, but I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And I'm just going to stop there here in a moment. I'm going to pick up uh, in chapter 16, verse 16. And I just want to say, don't miss this. There's something that I don't want you to miss. Um, don't miss this. Every testimony begins with a test. It's unavoidable. It is absolutely unavoidable. You and I, we love to hear somebody's testimony, but have you noticed that every single time it begins with a test, a trial, a difficulty that you have to pass through? And I'm here to tell you that there is no testimony in your life without there being a test that God brings you through. And so we want oftentimes um, the muscles without the workout. We want the, the accolades without going through the difficulties. But there is no testimony without a test. And here is what's super interesting. We're all going through a test right now. Now, when I say that, I want to make sure that you understand. You, you don't want to misunderstand this. It can be very, very overwhelming for you and for me if we just simply watch 
tons and tons and tons of the coverage of what's going on in our lives. I have no idea what your habits are. Maybe you're a person who loves to lock down and watch things constantly on television and the news channels are things that you really lock in on. But I'll tell you this, there is something about just watching those that will take you to a place where you feel like it's all hopeless and it's all falling apart and that nobody knows what's happening and nobody's in control. I'm here to tell you, in hindsight, you're going to realize this, so let's figure it out right here and right now. God is still in control, God is still on the throne, and he is not surprised by anything, and it may just be that he has your attention and mine as never before if we will just simply focus on what could he be telling me through this. Let's be very clear, those people who put on news programs, you can even just go through the psychology today, and I believe I put a picture of a, an article. This is all the way back from 2011. I promise you 2020's not made it any better. And it's called, If It Bleeds, It Leads, Understanding Fear-Based Media. And I'm here to tell you, I don't, I'm not those people that say, this is all just this big conspiracy. I don't believe that. I believe that the coronavirus is a very, very real thing that we need to take very, very seriously. But I want to be very clear also, as I have said over and over and over again, as we have shared with you from the very first week, I believe that God is in control. And so I don't have to be fearful. I need to be careful, but I don't need to be fearful because God has not given us a spirit of fear that paralyzes us where we are, but he's given us the spirit of a power and of love and of sound mind. These are the things that should characterize us as his followers. And so just be clear, be careful, but don't be constantly living in fear. And can I just tell you something? If you want to come through this situation in a way where your faith is stronger you cannot feed yourself a constant diet of fearful things that make you worry about things that you and I can't change. If you are watching these programs and you can't figure out why you are constantly in despair about what might happen tomorrow, do this little experiment for me. Just wait a day, maybe two, and then go back to them after going cold turkey. Because you know what? The world's going to keep spinning whether you've spent five hours watching and worrying or whether or not you've just totally disregarded it. And everything that's going to happen is going to happen with or without you worrying about it. The Bible tells us that Jesus in his, um, in his uh, Sermon on the Mount said, which one of you by worrying can add even a single hour to his life? You and I worry about this stuff and we can't change it. Other than prayer, we don't have the power to change these things. For some of you, the best thing that you can hear from me today, even if you don't hear another thing, you could hear this. You can turn it off and you probably will have a whole lot more peace and peace of mind. And I don't care, it doesn't matter if this is your group that you like to look at and uh, the news channels that you tend to watch, maybe it's MSNBC, maybe it's Fox News, it's not about which ones you're going to tune into. And by the way, I didn't just choose those two. Go to this next slide if you can check this out. Man, I put a ton of them on there. I found this uh, graphic and I thought, I'm gonna include, I, I hit probably most of you by pulling some of that in. Here's what I would tell you. I'm not here to rant and rave and say, it's the left or it's the right or it's this person or that person. I'm not here to say any of that stuff. Here's what I'm here to say. We need to remember that God is not surprised and he is the one who is in control. We don't need to be worrying so much and constantly. And 
it might do us some good to look into our hearts and say, why am I so worried? Do I think that I need to do God's job for him? Do I think I'm supposed to do God's job for him? Because that's not what we need. We need to be very careful that we let God do his job. Now, I'm going to go all the way back to something that I intended to say a little earlier, and I want to be very clear about this. Don't miss this. This is the first thing that I don't want you to miss. We're all going through the same thing, but we're not all in the same boat, okay? To be very clear, we're all going through the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. In other words, if you are going through this storm and you were furloughed, you are going through a certain kind of storm in that boat. Maybe you're solid as can be in your job. Praise the Lord. I know many of you have told me that you are solid as can be in your job. And so praise God that that's your situation. You're going through the same storm, but going through in a different boat. Or maybe you're a person who has lost your job. You're going through the same storm, but you're going through in a different boat, right? And so I'm not here to try to declare what kind of boat you're in. I'm not here to to minimize whatever you are facing. But I am here to tell you that different people are going through this same storm and experiencing it in very, very different ways. But here's what I hope you and I will not lose sight of, that God is still in control. No matter what boat you're in, this storm that we are facing, he is not surprised by it. And I encourage you, Go back and look at Joshua chapter one, verse nine, where it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged because the Lord, your God is with you wherever you may go. Don't lose sight of that. Now, let me just talk about insight and hindsight very quickly, kind of get back on track. Let me talk about insight and hindsight very quickly. We can ask God for insight, not just simply wait for hindsight. And Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be the one who gives us that insight that we need. If we look at John chapter 16, verse 12 through 13, this is what his word says. I have much more to say to you. This is Jesus speaking to his 11 disciples that are in that upper room. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. And man, aren't you glad that God doesn't hit us with the whole truckload every time? Aren't you glad that God gives us only what we are able to handle at the time that we can handle? It sometimes feels like it's too much, but it never is. God is, is kind and loving to his kids. And so he says, I've got more than you can bear. I could tell you stuff that's gonna curl you, you know, curl you up in a ball and leave you in a corner somewhere. I'm not gonna do that to you, but... When he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all of the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, the Holy Spirit will help you to understand the direction that you ought to go. And can I tell you something? This is not just true for those of us who were, you know, back in those, in that time, in that group of 11. No, no, no. It's not just for them. It is for us. We can say, God, I've had it happen in my life all the time where I look back and I see your hand. Could you give me insight so that the things that I'm facing right now, I would see your hand at work and it would not have to be hindsight that reveals how you are at work. Because God, I believe, wants to guide us into all truth. So very quickly, let's go, um, 
I want to do this. I want to talk about this real quickly. I showed those news sources to you. I showed those news sources to you. But what other source could you be having that you could have pour into you on a regular basis? And now I'm going to get really personal with you. If you spend hours and hours and hours watching news to tell you what's going on in our current everyday world, and it's got you so scared to death, can I ask you, how much time are you spending in God's word? How much time are you spending on God's word to see that God is in control, that he's not frightened by these things, that you have a refuge and ever-present help in time of trouble? And you know what? I'm going to be bold and I'm going to predict that a lot of you are spending multiple, multiple times more trying to figure out what's going to happen when you and I both know that the news will change dramatically in the next 24 to 48 hours. And so you've got this little space of window that you're devouring all this stuff that depresses you and makes you fearful. And yet you're not taking even just some minutes to look into God's word and to hear his voice in the midst of it all. If that's going on for you, can I tell you something? Man, you got it twisted. Something's wrong in your, in your economy, in your own mind. You've got to get back to where you understand that the things which will not change, that God is still on the throne and you and I are still his kids. And I promise you this, just like you and I understand how to sacrifice for our kids, how to watch over our kids, how to bring our kids to a better place for them, he is the one who has said, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's right, future. He wants to give you a future. Rest in that and understand that today. And so that's what we're talking about. And I'm going to jump to the big idea that I want you to hear. God can use disruption, disruptions in your normal to bring about something new. I'm going to say that one more time because I kind of fumbled over it. God can use disruptions in your normal to bring about something new. And can I just say something? I want to be very honest with you and you can be very honest with yourself and me. Here's what I know about me and here's what I know about you. For most of us, it has to be disrupted or it will just stay normal. That's the truth. We will just stay in normal until a disruption bumps us off course, even if we didn't want to get off course. And let me just say this very quickly. Some of you are desperate that normalcy would return. And you're some of the same people that were thinking, what is my life? This normal everyday life, it's so boring, it's so dull. I wish I had another one. <laughs> you, you're wishing for normal right now. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, the truth is, is that sometimes we get enamored with what's over there, not what's right around us. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes your normal and my normal needs to get disrupted so God can put us on a new path that takes us closer to what he wants us to be and do more in his economy and in his kingdom and a little less for us. And let's just talk about it for a second. Let's talk about hindsight 2020. Man, how many of us have kind of reconsidered what we thought was really important and really had to have these things you know, part of the reason that I went on this whole idea is we're looking back and we're seeing things in a brand new way and things that we used to think were really important and would just make us and fish us, uh, fix us and finish us off. Now, nah, it's kind of useless and pointless, and we've only lost this taste for it over the last few weeks. It's amazing how our world has changed and maybe hopefully prayerfully 
you and I have changed a little bit along with it. Let's ask for God's insight and not just simply wait for hindsight. John Maxwell has an incredible quote. There's a couple of quotes that I want to share with you very quickly because I know that some of you, you probably won't want to admit this, but this is true. People change when they hurt enough that they have to change, learn enough that they want to change, or receive enough that they are able to change. For most of us, we don't change easily on our own. We have to have a disruption in our normal for the new to take hold. This is a powerful quote, and I encourage you to look at it and look it up. Because for some of us, we're going through hurt right now, but it might be something that brings about a change for the good. And I'm not here to make light of it. I'm not here to dismiss it or act like it's not important because I know that it is. But here's what I would say. It sure would be a shame to go through all of the hurt and not get any of the benefit, wouldn't it? I mean, wouldn't it be a shame for us to go through all of the pain that we're going through right here and now and not have an opportunity to learn something about what God could do to reorder and reprioritize our lives? Yep. Hey, how about a church body that's here? Can I get an amen, right? Amen. All right. Three of them. No, I'm kidding. There's more. And they all said, amen. They're good. They're, they're here. They're, they're teacher's pets. You can come and be the teacher's pet next week. All right. So check this out. Let's go on to Dr. Henry Cloud. And oh man, this is powerful. This is so powerful. Dr. Henry Cloud, he wrote a couple of different books, one called Necessary Endings, one called Boundaries, and a few others. But he was told by a patient, he's a Christian psychologist, and here's what a patient told him. A patient said, you know, Dr. Cloud, I know that I live in hell, but at least I know the names of all the streets. And what a sad commentary it is on human um, human ways that we would rather know the streets in hell than go towards a promised land that God has called us towards. So don't get to the place where you are constantly wrapped up in the same cycle over and over and over again. And some of you know exactly, man, if I went through, I could call out some cycles that people are dealing with and they'll be dealing with next week and next month and next year constantly because they never look through the pain that they have to see and have to kind of experience to go through those consequences and see that God wants to change them from that and in the midst of that. Have some insight, not just purely hindsight. Let's go on to this next part. As we look a little further in the things that Jesus says, here's what we are to probably needing to be remembering right now. We need to remember who is truly in control of all that we face. Let's go back to John chapter 16, verse 16. And as I'm going to read a little bit, and then we'll kind of go back and backtrack on some of this. Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you'll see me no more. Then after a little while more, you will see me. And at some of this, his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I am going to the father and they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Now stop right there for just a moment. I'm stopping at the end of verse 18. We don't understand what God is saying. And isn't this so powerful for us? I mean, what would capture our confusion about what's happening in our world any more than, God, we don't know what you're doing or what you're trying to say to humanity. You have all of the world's attention in a brand new way, but we can't clue in. I think the first thing that we ought to be cluing in on 
is that we are not in control. Oh man, I tell you what, we as humanity, we try to kind of act like we've got it all figured out that we don't need God. But in times like this, we're reminded that there is a God and we ain't him. (laughs) He is above us and beyond us and his ways are higher than our ways. We need to be reminded that we're not in control. And when we don't understand, aren't you grateful that there is a God that does understand? When you are uncertain, there is a God that is not uncertain. As we go through this and look a little further in John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33, I want us to look at this passage of scripture about who is really in control. Jesus said to his disciples, a time is coming and in fact has come when you're going to be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, but I'm not alone for my father is with me. And I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Here's what that tells me. Even when you're living according to God's plan, you and I will have trouble. Even when we're close to God, just like his disciples were, they had trouble. And so don't get it confused in your mind. Just because you're living a good and righteous and Christian life doesn't mean that things in your life will be perfect. Jesus didn't say, there might be a little trouble here or there. He said, no, no, no. If you're in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And that's what we have to make sure that we understand right now and remember right now. Also, look at John chapter 16, verse four and five very quickly. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember I warned you about them. I didn't tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. In other words, Jesus saying, I want to make sure that even before it happens, you know. So you know that I was in control of all of it and behind all of these things. Nothing is a surprise. And isn't it good to know a God who's not surprised about our surprising world? Let's go on to what we need to remember right now. What we need to remember is that what we're facing is a season for us. Now, I would love to be able to tell you that everything is going to be back to normal at this day, on this time, but I can't. And even those who are a hundred times smarter than you and I, they have no idea exactly when things will return to normal and how things will go back to normal. They don't know the path. They know the direction that we maybe should take, but they don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Well, here's what we do know. In John chapter, uh, John chapter 16, verse 21 and 22, there's some very interesting words that are spoken, and I'm going to read that as well. There's a woman who is giving birth to a child, and she has pain because her time has come. When her baby is born, she forgets that anguish because of her joy that a child has been born into the world. And so it is with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and then you will rejoice, and no one will be able to take away your joy. Man, you want to talk about a time where you were going through the same storm, but in different boats. I promise you, I've had three kids. And by I've had three kids meant I was standing at the head of the bed when Shelly gave birth to three kids, right? Same storm, different boats. I promise she can tell you. I was up there going, and I wasn't even having a problem at all. No problems, no windedness, no pains, nothing. But I'm in there trying to act like I'm going through what she's going through. Oh, no, 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 no. 
My wife is bad to the bone. I'm telling you, she is tough as nails. She went through that whole thing and she didn't scream, call me any dirty names or anything. She was amazing. She was truly amazing. And like twice she did it without any kind of anything more than Tylenol, basically. That's true. That's a true story. She'll tell you about it. She's proud of it. I would, I would wear a t-shirt that I had made saying I did it without pain meds. You know, like that's how I would go through, but same storm, different boat. But can I tell you in the midst of it all, I, I'm sure in the midst of it all, she would tell you it's worth it. it. It's crazy because that is the most painful experience that a person could probably go through. And yet I saw things that I never thought I'd see. I saw things that made me go, oh, I mean, it was scary. And I wasn't even the one who had it happen into their own body. Same storm, different boats for sure. But here's what I know. My wife would not change any of it. She would go through the pain because of the joy that was on the other side. Now, here is what I would say. I'm not making light at all if you're going through this storm and it's a hard boat that you find yourself in. But here's what I would tell you. If you're going through the storm, you may as well learn some of the things that God can do to change your course and your destiny and take you in a new direction that prevents you from maybe coming to this same problem over and over and over again. You may as well learn the lesson now and then later when people are still going through some of the same problems that they don't get fixed right now, maybe you can just spend the time rejoicing that God already taught you the lesson and you already made the changes that you needed to make. All right, so let's keep on moving very quickly. I'm coming close to a close. The third thing that I think we should remember now, right now, is C, we decide where we put our faith and if we are gonna grow from this or not. That's a decision that we make. We're going to go through this whether you want to or not. It's called a global pandemic. It's hitting basically everyone in the civilized world, no matter whether you live on the east side, west side, or anywhere in between on this globe, you're going through this. Different boats, same storm, but here's what we need to know. We are the ones who decide where we're gonna put our faith and we're the ones who decide if we're gonna grow from this or not. And very quickly, can I just tell you, in John chapter 16, verse 21 through 22, it's incredible what Jesus says. In John chapter 16, verse 21 and 22, this is what he says. He says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. We just talked a little bit about that. And then he goes on and he says, you're going to have joy and have rejoicing later. But can I just remind you of what he also said? He said, all of you are going to leave me, but I'm not alone because my father is with me. Can I tell you this? Here's what he is telling us. He's telling us when everybody leaves and is heading for the exits, God is still there with me. He's still got my back. And even though this is for a season, even though he is in control, he is not walking out on you. He is right there in the midst of the storm and the fire with you. Don't forget that and understand that even when Jesus spoke to the people that were closest to him than anyone else in this world, he said, you're going to leave me, but I'm not alone. I'm here to tell you that maybe you feel like somebody has left you. And that maybe some of the things that you put your faith in have let you down. Good news, because you've been reminded that there is only one. I don't care how good your marriage is. 
I don't care how big your bank account is. I don't care how big your assets sheet is about what you own and don't own. I don't care how good your closet looks, any of that stuff. I don't care how much possessions you have or own. All of that stuff can go away like that. I promise you, we know it more than we ever did even just 10 weeks ago. It can all disappear in a moment. And what if it did? In Christ alone, I put my trust in Christ alone. And he is the only one who is our anchor that will always be there. And when he spoke to his disciples, he said, y'all are gonna leave me. Every one of you is gonna desert me. I'm gonna be all alone, but I'm never alone because I have God with me at all times. It's a beautiful, incredible, deepening passage. All right, so here's how you apply what we've been talking about today. Very quickly, I believe that you apply in these three ways. You can lean You can love and you can learn. And let me talk about each one of them just a little bit differently in each context. And then we're going to share a story from our group, our community about how God is working. So very quickly, if you are a person who needs to be reminded to lean, remember that God alone is your anchor. If you put your faith somewhere else, you already know in your heart of hearts that stuff is like sinking sand. Put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone. Love. Remember to love others and express it to those around you. Even in the midst of it, when Jesus should have been focused on self, I'm dealing with this. This is what I'm about to face. I'm about to go through something that can't even be described in human language. What did he do? He said, listen, I want you to know, love each other. Love each other so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. I mean, who in the world like faces a crucifixion hours away and is worried about somebody else's joy? Christ alone. He is the only one. And if we want to have that supernatural kind of inside outward vision and that kind of peace in our heart, we have to love others and realize that we need to express it. For most of us, we feel it, but we don't express it. So I encourage you and challenge you. If you love, express that. Of all times, you should probably realize what's most important to you. And it's not things, it's people. Very quickly, learn. Take notice of your greatest fear because most likely that's the area where you can and where you need to learn more than any other. If you're more worried about your financial security or if you're worried about your relationships or if you're worried about your health concerns or you're worried about other things that I don't have time to go through every single possibility, here is what I would say. That area of biggest fear is probably the area that you need to lean in more closely to God and learn how to rely on him. It is probably the area where you can and need to learn the very most what God is doing. So that's the things that I believe I want to share with you this week, and I'll share more about what we can take away, hindsight 2020. But let me just share this with you very quickly, how this looks in our community and the things that are going on, people that you probably know and people that are putting their faith in God, even though there's difficult times. Let's throw up this picture. If you look closely, you can see that somehow, some way, we got a table and chairs in front of the EHC uh, front door. I don't know why we did that, but we did. And the boys that are sitting there at the table, were having food and all that stuff together, probably about to have a Bible study, probably one of the really nice days of Houston. The guy on the left-hand side is Gordon. 
If you don't know Gordon, you uh, are missing out. He'll make you laugh, and uh, he is a great guy. He is uh, a guy who uh, we just love around here. Unfortunately, he lives on the other side of town, but is constantly interacting, supporting, and being a part of this church family. So Gordon is a part of our church body, not just our history, but even our present. I want to tell you a little about, about what Gordon is going through, and I want to just tell you from his own words because he called me. So this past week we talked a couple of different times because Gordon is going through what a lot of us go through. And that is you usually have a lot of time and not much money, or you have a lot of money and not much time, right? I mean, it's usually very difficult to get those two things. That's why vacations are so hard to come by, right? Well, in Gordon's situation, he's been working out in West Texas in the oil business. And I don't need to tell you what a difficult thing the oil business is going through right now. As much as I love paying cheap prices at the pump, I'll gladly, gladly, gladly take three or three fifty a gallon today if the oil business can bounce back. That's how I feel. But here's what I know. Gordon's been working his tail end off, just going out there and spending hours and hours and hours and hours at a brand new job, really probably six or eight or ten months long. He finally got vested in his uh, insurance, but every time he had a couple of days here at the house, he couldn't figure out a way to, you know, uh, schedule some things that he needed to have done medically. As a matter of fact, he had a, a, a difficulty physically um, that he needed help with. The surgery was the only way to cure it. I actually had something kind of similar done for myself. It's just a surgery that fixes it and there's no other way around it. But the problem is, is that Gordon was so busy keeping up his job and keeping up his insurance that he didn't have time to take advantage of it. And then suddenly he was laid off in the midst of all this, one of the newest and kind of lowest folks on the totem pole in his new job, even though he's doing a great job. So the struggle here is now Gordon's here and he's hurting. He can't physically do the things that he wants to do, not just to benefit ministries that he and I know what he's doing and stuff, but also literally to work in some of the situations that he's got extra jobs on the side and yet he can't do them because he's physically inhibited because of the medical condition he's got. So he replies to the state and he says, man, I need help. I can't really get back on my feet. And the state says, well, I'm sorry, you know, can't help you at this time. And so he finds himself in need of a surgery, desperate for it, really, and yet nobody will help him. And surgeries, I don't have to tell you guys, man, surgeries are ridiculously expensive. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars is very, very easily hit when you're dealing with a surgery. And so Gordon just starts to pray about it, ask God to send him someone and something that will do something for him so he can get back on his feet. So he calls me Thursday. He calls me Thursday and says, man, I got to tell you something. And uh, you probably already know where this is going. He had a guy who was a friend of a friend and a ministry that he was working in. He spoke to the guy and he said, I'd love to come and help you, but I can't because I've got this physical condition that I can't overcome. He said, and they've already turned me down. So I've got no way of getting it fixed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got no insurance got no money, you know, to do tens of thousands of dollars worth of work on my body. The guy said, oh man, that's, that's terrible. And so, you know, for about a week or two, Gordon's kind of left there sitting in the waiting room of God's answered prayer. How many of you know there's a waiting room? 
God answers prayer sometimes. He makes us wait. Sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years. I, I don't even want to talk about it, but probably sometimes even decades. Amen. God, God's got Gordon in the middle of that waiting room, but he called me on Thursday and he said, that guy, he, he didn't have any hope for me a couple of weeks ago when I talked to him, but he came and he told me today that he has a friend who does these surgeries. He's literally one of the best doctors in the entire Houston area, and he's going to perform this surgery for me pro bono. He's going to get it for free. God is helping him. He's working on his behalf, even when nothing is moving, at least to our eyes. And isn't it great to look back in hindsight and go, God, you were working the whole time. Can I tell you something? I don't know what boat you're in. I know the storm you're probably going through, just like all the rest of the folks in this world. But here's what I can promise you. Just like that song that we sang earlier, even when you don't see it, He's working. Even when you don't feel like it is, he's working. He's doing something on your behalf. And most importantly, he might even be doing something in you. And so I encourage you, just give yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to lean into you. I want to learn from you. And I want to love the way that you loved, even when you were facing incredibly difficult times. So I encourage you to do these three things. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, I just pray that you would help us to understand that you're at work at all times and that, God, we would have the patience even in the waiting room when it's very, very difficult for us to do so, that we would trust that you are at work. And God, please, I know that there are people here today that are watching the end of this uh, time around your word and they are saying, I'm going through this storm and this is the boat that I find myself in, and I'm terrified of what the days ahead hold. First, Lord, speak peace and give them peace on the inside of their hearts so that they would know that you're in control. And God, in the midst of it all, may they turn to you and draw in close and pull in close to you and lean on your everlasting arms. And God, thank you for being there for us at all times, no matter who we are or what we're dealing with. Thank you, God, that there is even something that will allow us to get better, not just to get through. And Lord, that all depends on you giving us insight. May your Holy Spirit reveal to us the way that we need to go. God, we love you. We thank you. We give you praise and glory as the only one who deserves our worship. May we reorder our lives so that you are at the center of it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, guys, thank you so much for your time and attention. I appreciate the opportunity to share God's word with you. I appreciate the handful of you guys that came out. It's great to have you guys here. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of things. And we are going to end the way that we always do. We've just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. God bless you. Love you guys. Stay safe.